0: The S&P. The Stop. This is Motley Fool Money.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that reckons Jerry Harvey going a few rounds with the short sellers would well be worth the price of admission. I'm, Andrew, I'm Andrew
2: Page and with me is Scott Phillips. Good Andrew, g'day. I thought You've always got to leave me time to do my sound effects, mate. Sorry mate, I'm just <laughs> too keen. <laughs> Um, or, are you, or are you trying to save our listeners from <laughs> right. my sound effects? Yep. <laughs>
0: that's,
2: Either that way. too. That too. <laughs> that's a win. Both good options. <laughs> what are we talking about today? <laughs> lots of good stuff. Uh,
1: lots of good stuff. We thought we have to talk a little bit about war. What is it good for? Well, not the markets, but uh, there's a few things to tease apart there. We'll dive into that. Jerry Harvey, as we alluded to, uh, him and the short sellers are at 20 paces. What's going on there and who's right? And we're going to open the mailbag again. um, Question saying, you guys have a podcast? Which is uh, something we thought sort of speaks (laughs) volumes, so we better talk about that. And uh, it's my turn to get on the old high horse today and talk a little bit about company presentations that are a little bit more sell than tell. But first, war. Now, uh, I guess, you know, for those that have been living under a rock recently, um, there's been a little bit of tension between uh, the, the North Koreans and the US.
2: Lucky... One of those companies is run by a smart thought. Never mind. Countries. Moving on, moving on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: right. Um, Yeah, so, you know, there's been more than one occasion over the last week where you sort of wake up in the morning, you open up the the Fin Review, and it's market set to tumble on concerns over nuclear war or something like that. And you think, well, geez, you know, as an investor, this seems as though it could be pretty important. You kind of think we'd be
2: past all that, wouldn't you? Nuclear war headlines kind of died out with the end of the Soviet Union, but here we are again facing the same problems.
1: Yeah, but it's not its not irrational, right? Like, if there was any kind oh, of, yeah. of armed conflict, yeah. um, you know, even in mine, and frankly, if it was any kind of nuclear conflict, you know, th- th- this is going to be horrendously bad for the market. So it, I get it. I get and it. we should say, frankly,
2: horrendously bad for the individual people involved, but this is a boat business policy. So we'll move yeah, on to that. Th- yeah, I'll t- take that as
1: read. Yeah, I course. mean, I'm not. Of course. I'm, I'm, yeah. So, so when this kind of thing rolls around, uh, what do you think people should do, Scott? Well, I know what you're
2: going to say, by the
0: way,
1: but I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. And, and everyone uh, the out there, the podcast you know, land just rolled their eyes. The old
2: Dorothy Dicks a question. Yeah. Would the minister tell them tell everyone how well he's doing in the polls? <laughs> I'm glad they, thank you for the, the question. I thank the honourable member for his question. And first, I'd like to say, um, so here's the. You know, you know, my favourite one is and. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at myself because I'm about to mention Warren Buffett as we are contractually <laughs> obliged to do. That's right. Our contract with says we, we get a dollar says, every time we do we, it. We do yeah. anything we want as long as we mention Warren Buffett at least <laughs> once per episode. So here you go, getting it out of the way, nice and early. He was he was born in 1930 and started yeah. investing before Second World War. Mm-hmm. And he talks about you know that that, that his life. Look, we cannot talk about the markets, right? And average markets do average things. They do very very well on the on the over the long term, about 10 percent a year. And they're kind of nice and it's true and it's real, but it kind of feels a bit more abstract. When you break it down and say this bloke called Warren Buffett started investing at eleven, I think I was, or twelve, and invested right through the Second World War and the Malayan Emergency and the Korean War mm. and the Vietnam War and you know the Falklands invasion and you know, it, it, add add as many of those wars, conflicts, dramas as you'd like. And he talks about the fact that the Dow was thirty when he started or when he was born, I should say. And now it's you know, it, it, it just it just doesn't the great thing about investing, if you have a long enough horizon, and you should, is that the markets will grow through these things and despite these things, even if in the short term they are impacted by them.
0: Is
1: it, okay, I get that. I think most people get that. But at the same time, let's you know there might be people in situations who have yet to invest in the market but are considering it. Right. Very natural to sort of say, mm, look, I, I get that, but maybe I should just hold off for a little bit. Or you see other people might say, well, okay, fine, I'm going to invest anyway, but I'm going to pick very, very sort of defensive type companies, businesses that tend to be fairly robust earners uh, and the rest of it. And then you get a third category who people who might actually say, well, maybe I could even profit from this. Maybe, Mm. you know, rather than buying defensive companies, I buy a defense company, you know, Mm. or something that, that profit. There's... There's a uh, Etech, like is a company that comes to mind. It makes, you know, um, uh, military equipment, etc. X-tech? Xtech, sorry, X-tech. thank yep. you. That's Xtech, right. small little company. Um, and and is
2: that is that not plausible to some extent? Andrew, you know, there's two types of people in this world: mm-hmm. those who can extrapolate. <laughs> right. <Yes>. Anyway, the <laughs> it's not particularly relevant. It just was a funny joke that came to my mind. Nice um, <laughs> you talk about you talk about three different options. Look, here's the thing, and this is this is you know. We come on this podcast every week, and for the love of God, I don't know why our listeners listen, but we appreciate you listening. Thank you. And we talk about similar themes, and if if it's starting to kind of feel like Groundhog Day, then excellent, because that's exactly what we're trying to make it sound like, which is... Different ways of saying this is a long-term game. If you have just started investing, if you've been investing for 20 years, if you've been investing for two years, for three months, if you're going to start next week, this is the same answer every time. And it's really important that you get it because if you don't start investing with this mindset, you are going to bring yourself undone. If you're chasing speckies, you're going to get yourself creamed. If you're trying to trade on the short term, you're going to get yourself wiped out. If you don't understand what investing is all about, you're really gonna struggle. And that's that's frankly why we come here every week and do this podcast, is partly because we like the sound of our own voices and these headphones are cool. And we're in the Triple M studios where the grill team records so that's always fun. <laughs> that's cool. So that's probably worth it in itself. But we actually <laughs> come here for a very big reason, which is to help people invest better. And so, you know, it is always and always about long-term investing, whether the market's riding high, falling short. Here's the thing. Invest a small amount of money as regularly as you can afford to, ideally every pay packet or at least once a month or once a quarter as you get enough money together to put some money into the market. Do that on a regular basis and there'll be times when it's really, really scary and times when the market's really euphoric and guess what? You'll probably actually make more money investing when things are scary than when things are euphoric because that's when prices are going to be as high as they're going to get. So, it, it, it's kind of the same answer as always but it's it's really really important and if our listeners take nothing away from this mm. Andrew, other than my very very good joke before um mm-hmm. they should take away that you know ignore ignore what's going on you know, during the gfc it felt scary as hell mm. shares in 40 45% individual companies were down 50 60 70% mm. look 10 years later the market's up the shares have bounced back you know things things have done very 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 well since the depths of the gfc but that was exactly when most people were scared and frankly if you just started investing then some people, you know, some people would have actually started investing in 2007, seen the money halved in 2008 and gone, screw this, amount. Mm. And that was exactly the wrong thing to do. And so that's, to your point, whether there's a war next week, whether there's not one for five years, there'll always be some reason to fear. There'll always be some negative headlines about something. Grexit, mm. Brexit, You know, war in Korea, um, you, you, you name any geopolitical event you choose. There's just so many of them. Donald Trump, um, millions of them. Mm. Just keep investing anyway. Add a small amount regularly to high quality companies. Just rinse and repeat. It's all you know long term investing is boring right because that's just what happens and volatility is the price of admission i i, I get your point and, and you know that is if, if some
1: of these things um turn out to be true you'll still be okay in the long term the point that i would sort of add to that is that you know wars are kind of like recessions in the sense that um you know they get you know, for every for every war 10 of them are predicted type thing so right. it, yeah, totally. it, yeah it's, it's yeah. the the idea of positioning a portfolio or strategy around an event like that you know it's just a if it doesn't happen then it's it's probably gone pear-shaped and B, even <laughs> if it does yeah. things might not play in fact they often don't play out as you would expect so it just tends to be one of those things that is just a reality of life on planet earth it is an inevitable consequence over the long term but it doesn't get in the way of, of what you're doing
2: mate there are a heap of people after the gfc who are predicting a second a double dip recession you remember that i do 2009, 2010, all these people out there saying, don't invest, double dip recession is coming. It's going to get worse than last time. Yeah. Some idiot three years ago said there was going to be a crash in 2016. Mm. It's going to wipe 80% off the share market. There are people out there who will predict everything, as you say. You know, the old Property jokers. market crashing, some idiot was predicting that. <laughs> Not too long um, ago, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mention the bloke's name except no. it rhymes with Andrew Page. Um, so, so yeah, look, like there's always, there's yeah. always reason not to. There's always right. fear. There's always concern. There's always all that rubbish. Mm. Um, far, far more important than any of that stuff is just that if you buy quality companies every month or every quarter, as, as often as you can afford to put some money to work, um, just go and do it. And yeah. you know what? Th- sometimes things will suck, and sometimes it'll be really, really painful. But that's exactly what investing is. If you'd have invested at the bottom of the of the 2008 crash you would have made about 60 65% on share price alone, plus, frankly, over 10 years, another probably 50 60% with dividends mm. compounded. Um, that, that's a good double, right? And so that, that, that's the time you want to be investing, not running away from the market just because it's volatile.
0: All
1: right. Okay, fair enough.
0: Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: Now, we have to talk a bit about uh, Mr. Harvey, um, <laughs> CEO, founder of, of Harvey Norman, of go course. Go, Harvey,
2: go. Go, Harvey, go. Uh, kind of, uh, look. Not Jerry and the pacemakers, Jerry and the short sellers. Jerry and the hi, short hi. sellers, nice Coming to an on RSL near you.
1: And, and uh, shares have been under a bit of pressure. There's been the Amazon thing. There's been some uh, concerns over some of their accounting treatments. Um, and there's been a, a particular fund manager who's been quite vocal about, uh, uh, you know, that he doesn't like it. And Jerry got on the telly the other night and just blasted him. He didn't hold back at all. Sort of seeing, you know, what a waste of space that this guy was and et cetera, et cetera. But it got us thinking in terms yeah. of, you know, is, is he right as CEO to sort of defend the company in mm. that way and to attack the short sellers who after all will profit if shares continue to fall? Um, or is he really just shouting into the wind and should he just get back on with it and, and run the bloody business?
2: This is a very tempting time, Andrew, for me to get on my high horse, but luckily for our listeners, it's not my week.
0: <laughs> so Bookmark that. So, <laughs> the
2: other thing, interestingly enough, there was also an article during the week about the impact of short selling on retail shareholders, which is also worth having. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. I, I have I have two very distinct and somewhat opposing views on short selling, mm-hmm. and I'll get yours in a second yep. after I finish ranting. Even if it's not my rant, so I'll, I'll try and keep my blood pressure down to a reasonable level. My face will go a slight red color rather than a purple, you know. <laughs> um, so here's the, here's the thing. Short selling... For a long-term investor, is completely irrelevant. Even if short selling had an impact on share prices, which it rarely, tend, rarely does. But if it did, um, if I'm going to hold my shares for ten years, it doesn't matter to me what the short sellers say. If they're right, I'm going to be wrong anyway. Mm. And if they're wrong, I'm going to be right anyway. Mm. If, you know, Warren Buffett says, "Hey, that's twice two bucks." Hey, okay. um, you know, so it says, you know, he he invests as if they would close the market for ten years mm. and not let him trade. Then he'd have those companies at the end of the period. If you think about that, and you think about so let's say Jerry Harvey, let's say Harvey Norman is under attack by short sellers. In 10 years' time, they're either going to be profitable or not. Mm. They're going to be making money or not. They're going to be successful or they're not. That's what matters far more than what happens to the volatile share price in the meantime. We just finished talking about volatility, right? So that's, that's kind of the key. So first things first, as a long-term shareholder, short selling is just a sideshow. It's irrelevant, um, and I would ignore it. That being said, I have a view, as I think I've said before on this podcast, that I think short selling is, if not immoral, a waste of space and a waste of time. I don't like short selling. I don't think it should be allowed. If I was in charge of ASIC and the ASX, I would ban it um, just because it's not the function of the role of markets. And I think there's, there's too much grief caused by it. Where these two come together, for mine, is we know there are people who don't listen to this podcast who are as educated, informed, and frankly, as good looking as our <laughs> listeners. And so, that, you know, people will see the share price of home the falls like, oh, it's going down, I better get out then. All right. And so, to some degree, while we would absolutely say never, ever, ever use the share price as an indication of value, um, always make your own assessment, there are a heap of people and largely retail shareholders will say, having home is down 20%, there must be something someone knows, share price are down, terrible investment, should never have bought it, I'm going to sell. Mm. And so, to some degree, I think, you know, the impact of short selling, if it does move the share price can actually be a negative for those individual shareholders who are impacted by that happening. So, you know, from, from my perspective, I think I would understand why Jerry, and look, frankly, Jerry's annoyed because he's seeing his life's work being talked down by someone who he probably thinks is a is a desk jockey who just sits on his, you know, in his mm. shiny bum suit and, and says, well, I think this and I think that, and therefore the shares go up and down. And mm. he's probably thinking, well, I'm out there trying to make a buck and run a successful business, which he has for 40 years. Mm. You know, maybe, maybe, just maybe I should be let, do, do my own thing without someone, you know, kind of giving giving, you know, comments from the peanut gallery effectively. Yeah.
1: I What do you think, man? I hear all of that. Fine. And uh, yeah, well, I I kind of think that look, he 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 doesn't in Jerry's case, he doesn't have to like it. Um it right. is it is absolutely an unwelcome distraction. At the same time, mate, you're a public company, right? You you are going to be in the spotlight. You are going to have teams of analysts pouring through your stuff. Yeah. You know, you're going to have people who's frankly have very strong incentives to talk their book because, you know, yep. they've taken a position on these stocks and they want to do it. So for me, it's kind of like- but
2: you're entitled to hate that though, right? Like Jerry's as entitled to complain about it as those people are to, to make those pro- I, I, prognostications. I, I,
1: I agree. I think he complains more than most though. And I and I would also <laughs> say, mate, the best way to shut them up is to get on with it, yep. run the business, improve your earnings and and burn them you know that that is that is the best way to to do it you know if
2: you're jerry and you've got retail shareholders saying what's going on why is my share price falling i employ you to 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 make my shares worth something mm. these guys are out there talking down our business what what are you doing i mean at some level surely if if you accept that the shorts if you believe shorts are wrong in the first place right yet they're having an effect on the share price isn't it incumbent on a management team to kind of inform the market of this sort of stuff and say, "Hey, I think it is. These guys yes. are wrong, and here's what's going yeah, on." Yeah, and I, I,
1: I, I always welcome um, clarity from management. Right. Um, the, 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 point is, though, it just it seems to have a certain whingy tone, and it's so unfair tone. I would, I would far prefer defend your company. You know, you, you should, you should be doing it. Right. But, but tell us why. Not because don't, don't, don't play don't play the man and not the ball. You know, you, you don't like this guy. You think he's a waste of space. Rah, 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 and, that, and that seems to be, and it's like, well, I would rather hear you talk about actually hear the fundamentals of our business. Here's our strategy. Yeah. Here's why we think they are wrong. And to me, that is a far more, uh, sensible manner of defense rather than sort of, you know, boohoo, everything's so unfair. This this, this is a nasty man over here. And it's, you know, I, I, I just, maybe it's a personality thing, yeah, probably. But, but, but to me, I just kind of think, <laughs> you know, mate, um, you know, get on with it.
2: I suppose. And I and
1: I would yeah. say too, and I would say too, I'm I'm more sanguine with you than short selling. I don't I don't do it. Um I I think it's a very hard thing to do well. I think most people who do it will fail at it. Um and I think that's the stats tend to show that. Mm. But I've got no problem with it. Again, if if I've and look, there's been plenty of companies I've recommended that have quite a bit of short interest. Um but again, I, I tend to mm. feel as though if the company performs, as you say, it will out over time, and it's it's not really going to swing things to, to you know, free yeah, market. I, I, do what you like. If you want to I uh, the, the,
2: the issue I have, I guess, is is there are some businesses that have things like debt covenants that are relying on market cap, which can be influenced by that. Yeah, we know short sellers are trying to convince people of the bad news so they can make their money from basically talking the share price down. Yeah, and, and I think at some level, but people while, can make money by talking it up too, right? And, yeah, but no one loses from that. That's the that's the thing. So if you if you're if you if you own the shares, someone else talks up the shares, you make some money. Right. If you own the share, someone talks it down, you lose money. Well the there's person there's a... the
1: person who loses on it is the person so someone talks it up, the share price jumps up, perhaps to unreasonable levels, maybe their thesis was wrong. I pile in because I've listened to it, I've seen the share price go up. I mean that's mm-hmm. the person who gets burnt from yeah, it. Yeah, but you're attitude. you're taking an
2: action after that, right? If you already hold the share, someone talks shares down, you're you're an, you're an unwilling uh, participant yeah, well, in the journey, right? Mm
1: well it's yeah it's the same kind of thing you could i could say well short selling is great because they're going to push all these shares down unfairly it's a great company i'll go and buy in the bottom so you, yeah. there, there is a there's a temporal
2: reference that's true. There that, my, my that's biggest like... concern is the impact on retail shareholders the the, the less informed retail shareholders who's trying to do the right thing and make some money for themselves and who feel like they're getting whipsawed around by the machinations of of market participants who add no value but just basically try and make money out of share price movements alone rather than the constructive Growth of the profits of the underlying business—that's kind of my, my fundamental problem.
0: No, right, fair enough, and I'm right. We'll agree to disagree. Right.
2: On, on that one. No, you're not.
0: Real money advice from real people, not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
2: Mailbag. Yes, uh, what get are we around we... the mailbag? <laughs> we had a we had a okay. t- we had a tweet. We had a tweet. A, a direct message on Twitter. Direct, oh, yeah, I'll talk about direct message later, Andrew. It's very very serious. Oh, what's um, t- Twitter? <laughs> He's still getting the hang of it, mate. I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Ash Filman, thank you, Ash. I'm I'm sure you're listening now because Ash says, "Hey guys, just wondering if you have any podcasts on the ASX, (laughs) like the ones in the US." And I (laughs) said, "Ash, it's funny you should ask that question, mate, because we do." And here's the link. He found it, which is fantastic. And Ash, I'm I'm sure you're listening to this, so thank you. Now, what I'm most worried about, Andrew, Mm -hmm. is Ash's mates have let him down. Yeah. Every single week on this podcast, we say, "Tell your friends." Let people know that you've got this great finance money podcast that we're doing. Two smart, attractive, good-looking blokes. Funny, we're intelligent, we're witty, um, we're well-spoken, all of those wonderful things. And, and yet, Ash's mates haven't let him in on the secret. I, I'm, I'm very, very disappointed for Ash. I'm sure now, by the way. Ash will do the right thing, to tell his mates because he's, he's a good guy. He's asked the question, we'll we'll help him out. I, I I just hope. You're reminding me of that song, you know, Lord, it's hard to be humble when, <laughs> when you're perfect, perfect in every way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure I, I, it's not about us, mate. It's not about us. It's, okay, about, sure. it's about the mates of our listeners who are who are going through life un, unhelped. Okay. By 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 the, the, but, the people of the Motley Fool who would who would willingly and for free provide this podcast <laughs> for their listening and and uh, driving pleasure. Yes. Tell your mates, let them know there's a podcast that they would really, really love called Motley for Money in consultation with Triple M. They will thank you for it, I promise you. Shameless plug. I like it. <laughs> but I, thanks, Ash. I, I appreciate that. Like and, and,
1: and plugging it to the people who are already listening. No, so they've this got a, to tell their That's the po- well, Oh, I'm with you.
2: Okay, right. Sorry. Well, that's the great thing. So they're listening, right? So they, <laughs> okay. We'll let this out later, right? But they're listening, so they always feel smart for already listening. So it's great. We, they win, we win, and their friends win. So it's a bonus. All right. Everyone wins. Cut, cut that one out, Liam. Okay. All right, good.
0: Done. Okay. Done, okay, done. Get more motley fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: Now, someone also mentioned, guys, Start you again. have to get some sound effects here because this is getting old. <laughs> I did. Um, oh,
2: here we go. That being said, everyone knows what's coming, <laughs> don't they? <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, what I love that you did it before everyone had a chance to turn the radio down, yeah, that's right. the podcast volume oh, down. Right. That was yeah, great. Do that. So. We like to have
1: a bit of a rant each week. There's we? plenty of things to sort of get angry about. Can
2: I can I go on short something again?
1: Uh, we, we'll, we'll circle back on that. Right. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> oh, it's your turn then.
2: I thought, yeah, I thought I'd have a little bit of a
1: rant. We just come through reporting season and um, plenty of companies I, I would class as these gunner companies. You know, it's all about what we're going to do. Gonna do this and gonna do that. Yeah, frankly, look, the market is there to raise capital and to assist mm-hmm. business and there's a lot of very early stage companies there and not all of them work. That's fine. I, I get all of that. Right. Them. You know, and, and, you know, it's absolutely reasonable that a, that a business, well, geez, you'd want to hope that they've done some research on the market opportunity and the rest of it. And, they, they, and, and, and the CEO is there, to your point with Jerry Harvey, they're there to promote the company and do what they can to support it for the benefit of shareholders. Well, at
2: least get the market informed. I wouldn't say
1: promote outright, but that's kind of your point. Well, right? this is kind of my point. So what you see a lot of at this space is that you open up the, the company presentation that they've, they've posted on the First ASA. page must be the profit. But, well, they don't have any profit. Right. So the first page must be the, the sales. First, the first 16 pages is usually along the lines of, <laughs> hey, it turns out that everyone on planet Earth wears shoes and we sell shoes. And therefore, if we have 0.1% of the market, we're going to make a billion dollars. Oh, my. And it's, it's, it's this kind of thing where it is time after time after time, promotion, promotion, we're going to do it. If, if only one in every 10 people <laughs> in China do this, we are off to the races. Yeah. And again, I get all of that kind of stuff, but it tends to be only- It's a
2: $5 trillion market. Only that kind Global of stuff. Global market.
1: You know, and, and it, yeah. it, it just gets me so much. And 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 especially too, if ever you have the chance to sort of speak to some of these managers or whatever, and you sort of ask a bit more detail, and they tend to sort of get their nose out of joint. Dr- Mate, I've actually been contacted in the past a handful of times, admittedly, where I've, I've sort of said unflattering things about a company. <laughs> no, again, not personal. Look, it's not for me. I don't think, I think it's too risky, something like that. And you get uh, at the, four, the Motley Fool, we, we do, we get contact. They say, yeah. you know, how dare you say this? It's so unfair and the rest of it. And again, yeah. I kind of, I get it. Yeah. But the, we've, we've been, no names mentioned here, but we've certainly encountered a our, our fair share of CEOs who really get their nose out of joint think, and think that, you know. Um, it's like it's, telling a mother her baby's ugly as a, as a former boss and mate of mine. Yeah, yeah, say. yeah, yeah. Which is never going to go down well, but it's amazing. And we've, we've known CEOs who trawl uh, discussion forums and all of this kind of stuff. And you think, mate, what are you doing? How are you spending your time? You're a (laughs) high paid CEO, you know, you, you, you really need to be out there selling your product, refining your offering, doing all of the good things that sort of ultimately bring in earnings and the rest of it. And yet they spend their entire days like a, like the average mug punter obsessing over daily fluctuations in price and what some knucklehead who's right, who writes a newsletter thinks about their business. It just seems a completely counterproductive waste of time. And
2: frankly, when I see those kinds of companies, I see it as a huge red flag. Okay, but let, but let me be over for a second. If you've got a small company, you're relatively new listed on the ASX, and you're saying, buy, buy shares of, of Scott.com, yep. right? You're like, who the hell's Scott.com? And mm-hmm. I say, well, we made X million dollars. I'm like, well, I still don't know who you are. Yeah. Surely at some level, it's worth the management saying, this is who we are, this is what we do, here's our ambitions, and here's the size of our market, right? We all, we all want to invest in the next 10 bagger. Great. Best way to do that is to find those companies that actually address those markets and have that opportunity, surely.
1: Right. And, as, and as I said before, there is there, it is always welcomed when you have a, a, a management team that are very clear, honest, forthright communicators. They need to do that. We we want to be as best as informed as we can as investors. It's their job to help help us be informed, and it's their job to do it.
2: We don't try to the, how big the company is, or how big the market is, totally. or what the opportunity is. It's
1: a question of degree, though. So if if when sitting down, I'm going to spend ninety percent of my time talking about that kind of stuff and how the share prices move. I saw a presentation this reporting season where someone, one of these companies had the nerve mm. to talk about how their share price had performed in the three weeks in the lead up to earnings <laughs> season and how great it was. And then you sort yeah. of, you open up uh, another chart and realize, Oh, you're down 60% for the last two years. You know, it, it, it is, it is, you're right. It's not that I don't, I don't think they should just never talk about this right but when that's 90% of your story yeah I, I, I just kind of think there is no substance behind it you know mm-hmm. what what I t- t- tell us the story give us the opportunity but then tell us about how you're going to go about it and then get on with it yeah you know and and, and to your point a lot of early-stage companies but if you know if it's five years on the share count has increased fivefold and they're still talking about them you know and how they're gonna commercialize this <laughs> yeah. it is as I said I call them gunner companies and generally they uh, are <laughs> When they, when it comes down to it. Oh mate. dear, sorry. Dear. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's what
2: we got to. We're gonna, we're gonna end on that note, mate. <laughs> on a high. Can we, oh, can we not find something else to finish on? Uh, can I say my joke again? Uh, no. Two types of people. No. no. One lot like who can extrapolate. That's terrible. All right. Once was bad enough, mate. <laughs> oh come on, after your end, I had to do something to lift the tone. Well, like, let's debate. All right, let's,
1: All right. let's, let's put a pin
2: in that, and we, we shall come back
1: next week, and we shall talk more foolishly. Whether you like it or not. Whether I like it, we're coming back. Um, and remember as always uh, don't forget you can subscribe you can do that through uh, iTunes or uh, any of your favourite Android podcast app I Look use Beyond Pod N, for, for the record I can yes. recommend that Pocket
2: Cast is very good for Android too yes nice and uh, yeah give us a nice big fat 5 star rating please do also go to fool.com.au forward slash triple I how could's that I would do this for free just for that yeah, exactly. go, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple leave your email address you'll get some information from our boss and from us and of course, come back next week and we'll tell you a little bit more about finance and the markets. Nice. full on.
0: full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.